There can be a overwhelming feeling when you're looking at like Super Bowl prop sheets, what you can bet on at the Super Bowl. I'm kind of feeling that now because we got our prop bonanza happening bonanza. at 8.30. We got That's people coming in. I got to prepare enough, mine. Is it? Bonanza. Oh, it's, it's a Super Bowl betting bonanza. That's one of the best things about the Super Bowl. The bonanza. Anyway, back on the Fan Morning Show. Sportsnet 590, <laughs> the fan, Justin and Ailish. Uh, this might be the last word on the Toronto Raptors and their deadline ways. <laughs> and there's no better person to wrap that conversation up than Will Lou, host of the Raptors show, who joins us this morning. What's happening, Will? What's going on? Uh, not much. Trying to digest what happened <laughs> yesterday. Uh, yep. Buyers. Buyers, Will. Mm. Buyers? Why Why were the Raptors buyers at the deadline this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think no one really knows. I mean, I think, um, you know, now that some of the news is starting to trickle out about, okay, what were some of the trade offers on the table? I kind of get it. it. It feels like even though there was a ton of smoke blown about how in demand the Raptors players would be and how, you know, teams would be looking at the Raptors and, and wanting to add them to their playoff runs. I mean, the offers didn't really look like that. I mean, even a team like the Clippers, who I didn't really want to deal Fred to, just based on the fact that the Clippers are really a bootleg version of the 2019 Raptors at this point, <laughs> um, they weren't even ready to offer like their 26-year-old prospect Terrence Mann in return for a guy like Fred who could immediately start and walk into their team and really help what they hope to be a uh, a title push, right? You're literally on the clock with Kawhi and PG. They're not even willing to offer a guy like Terrence Mann um, and, you know, if, if those are the offers on the table, I understand that Masai didn't um, ultimately walk in that direction. Buying, though, buying was a bit of a surprise. Buying was a bit of a surprise, I think, for, for Masai, who seems to be very attached to this core and really believes that there is something here. Um, you know, I think in his sense, it was like, let's fix at least one personnel issue on the floor. We understand that the Raptors have been playing without a center for three years now, and you know, if we do give them a center, how much of the the situation looks different? Um, so I, I get it from his perspective because I think, you know, he really wants to uh, make long-term decisions at the draft or at the offseason. And I think that, um, you know, right now, especially if the offers weren't great, at least try to see what you can do to potentially fix this group. Because I do think he does feel an attachment to this group. Um, it was very difficult for him to part with a lot of these pieces, regardless of what the offers were. And um, okay, I, I, let's just see it. But I mean, I think the front office has put a lot of pressure on themselves uh, for the offseason because you got three big free agents to take care of. You don't have that much room under the the luxury tax to play with. And yeah, once again, you you you've you've sent another future uh, first round pick to the San Antonio Spurs. I do wonder if the front office has any other team's number. You know, like <laughs> it's possible to deal with someone other than San Antonio. Uh, okay, before we look ahead at that, I, I just want to go back on one thing you said about okay, the deals might not have been there um, or they weren't as like prolific as we had thought. Is it a that we were a little bit drinking the Kool Aid? But B, why aren't the deals there? And Justin brought up a good point at the beginning of the show. Was like maybe people don't want to have it, don't want to work with Masai, or they're scared of getting fleeced. Like, I mean, that to be fair, that was no, I he, thought the yes. Raptors' apologist take, That's where it's like correct. defending Masai for the sake of defending Masai. But there is, is there a truth reason. In that? There's a reason why Masai can't get this done, but we just really don't know why. 
No, I mean, I've heard things like, you know, Masai is like very attached to his players, you know, and I think that's been reported out there a few times too. It's just like a lot of these guys are homegrown and, you know, he values them a lot. And if he, if teams don't really come to that price, then ultimately the Raptors aren't going to feel compelled to, to to just give them away. I mean, again, like some of these offers that you see for Fred were just like, were just kind of nasty. I understand that Fred had a slow start to the season. Obviously, he's turning around here. But, like, I mean, from our own Michael Grange, you know, discussions were had with the Milwaukee Bucks involving Grace and Allen and a future first, mm-hmm. or the Clippers were talking about Luke Kennard and Brandon Boston Jr., but didn't want to include a pick. I mean, you know, like, come on. Like, I don't think that's at all uh, a good return on yeah, any Yeah, we'd be of rattled guys. if that was the case this yeah, morning, yeah. right? So <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of Brandon Boston Jr. until Same. this tweet. So it's him. like, <laughs> really? And you have to Google him. And once you did Google him, you're like, wow, this guy barely plays. And no disrespect to this kid. But, like, you know, we're talking about a guy who, um, look, even if you'd want to move on from Fred, he's an accomplished player to the point where you can't just let him walk for nothing. Right. But then again, that is the concern now. Right. Because, OK, if you choose to let any of these guys go in the offseason, your best bet is that you can sign and trade them. But I mean, at the same time, I, I think the team's not wanting to deal with Masai. That's the one where, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you're you're literally in the business to, you know, make deals in the first place. And I do think that for other teams, like it's not like the Raptors only fleece teams. Right. I mean, you look at some of the recent deals with San Antonio. Those are more than fair um, in terms of what kind of business they did for for both sides, um, you know, or even the Kyle Lowry sign and trade, which that was another instance where the Raptors went into the trade deadline, were shopping some of these players and the offers just weren't, you know, they weren't there, right? I think the, the best offers for Kyle at that time was like, I don't know, George Hill and some other pieces or, or, or something like that. And, you know, it, it didn't really feel like, okay, that was the greatest return for that. And so the Raptors did wait until the offseason. Luckily, there's a huge level of trust between um, Kyle and Masai. And um, they were able to get that sign-and-trade done. And and, in retrospect, that actually looks pretty good because Precious is definitely a lot more valuable right now than Kyle Lowry is on his current deal, who is currently feuding with Miami. But in any case, like, I mean, I don't think teams should feel afraid of dealing with Masai. I just think that, you know, maybe their offers weren't there. And honestly, maybe, you know, the, the landscape shifted because you did see a lot of action at the trade deadline, um, you know, involving the Brooklyn Nets and involving the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, it seemed like Phoenix was one of those teams that was really looking to buy. They got a new owner stepping into the door like one day before the trade deadline. And <laughs> he wanted to make a big splash, you know, and we all thought the big splash might be something involving the Toronto Raptors. But the big splash was something way bigger, which was involving Kevin Durant. So uh, kudos to them, I guess. Yeah, it definitely does feel like the Brooklyn Nets kind of got in the way just just a little bit. And certainly uh, Durant sort of changed what was the landscape coming in. And all the all the indications were that the Raptors would have a, a great deal of leverage. But it seems like that leverage sort of slipped away uh, and they lost some sort of control here, at least over where the market was heading. I, I, I definitely understand with Fred. I mean, there's no need, I don't think, especially with the context of Kyle Lowry trading him for the sake of trading him when you're not getting anything decent back in return. I think it makes sense that they held on. But with OG, it's a little bit more complicated, right? Apparently 15 teams, uh, as many as 15 teams submitted an offer. I can't imagine there wasn't at least a decent package out there for OG. Maybe it didn't meet Masai's standards, but still it wasn't, exa- it wasn't you know, one late first round pick and, and no prospect coming back. Uh, why do you think ultimately OG didn't get moved? Yeah, that one's the one that's more confusing to me because, you know, imagine 
you know, you've just had a long day covering this NBA trade deadline and you were on air for two hours expecting <laughs> mm-hmm. some big moves. And, and you, you you ended up spending two hours just looking dumb and talking about how Jakob Pertl will change the season potentially. And then you're, you know, you're, you're just winding down after a long day and you're like, oh, a new low post episode just dropped. Let's mm-hmm. listen to that. Let's plug in the headphones. And then you hear you hear things from Zach. You know, the first one was like, well, you know, the three first round picks were on the table for, for OJ and Obi. And I'm just like, oh, man. That seemed to, I mean, listen, if that was supposed to be the price that you wanted to put out there, then, you know, um, you know, why did that deal not necessarily get made? I think um, the way Zach explained it was the Raptors wanted a prospect as well. They, there was that player, I think, piece that they wanted a little bit more than necessarily like, I think they, for, for example, instead of three first round picks, they would rather have a prospect and two picks, you know. Um, and I just don't think that some of the teams that they were dealing with ultimately had what they liked. But the thing is, the the Raptors really, really liked OG. That's the thing. Like they they've always been um, very not protective, but they really believe in his future. Um, they still do believe that there is a little bit more potential there. Um, that's probably where I differ from from you know them. But obviously, you know um, OG has shown to be a very productive player, regardless of if he hits that extra bit of potential or not. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, you, you are, once again, setting yourself up in a situation where if you have to take care of all these guys, you get to pay all these guys, it's not going to be easy. I mean, like, if 15 teams in the league are asking for OJ Anobi and some teams are offering three first-round picks, some team's going to sign him for 30-plus million, you know, very soon when he hits into free agency. And, again, that's where you're going to really have to do a very careful job of balancing your books because, you know, you might look back at the situation and... um just, just, yeah. I mean, three first round picks is a lot of picks. I, I, I would not have minded that, but hey, I guess they, uh, I, I guess they wanted to at least have something in the interim. You know what I mean? Like that's where the prospect aspect really, really factors in. And listen, if you've already bought in on Yakaproto as an expiring player who you're going to hope to resign, um, I get the sense that like you don't want to just give away town on the other side of it. But I, I just don't know where the Raptors decided to become sellers in this whole process. Was it the four and three road trip? Because that wasn't that oh. exciting of a road trip, guys. <laughs> the interim's interesting because it's like uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit with the Teoscar Hernandez trade. It was like, okay, that's a bit of an underwhelming return with Eric Swanson, but you do need a bullpen arm, and so it's like, okay, what's the next move? Because you got to replace Teo, and what exactly that player will be? Like maybe there's still people are a little underwhelmed with Kevin Kiermeyer and, and what they're going for in the outfield with the Blue Jays, but it seemed like there was a corresponding move there with Perto coming in, partly because of the money, but partly because. It just seemed like, you know, there's it had to happen. It had to happen for the Raptors in this moment. And maybe that's why the player coming in was important. And it just they didn't get the prospect that they thought would at least help the interim. And I feel like that's something they're like really holding on to, right? They don't want to lose lose what maybe they thought coming in, which was this team can still be good. Ultimately, if they are really concerned about the here and now and making sure that they remain competitive competitive in the here and now is that the short uh the type of short-sightedness that really really gets you in trouble if you're the raptors here yeah potentially like really really that's i, I think that there's a real potential of that but i also think that they really do believe that the talent on paper is is there not necessarily to win a championship i mean we know that but um to be in playoff contention um and Definitely not four games under 500. Like, that's not the level of talent on the paper. Now, I would argue that there's probably some mismatched, like, um, 
roster allocation. Like you, you definitely want to see more shooters on this team. You definitely want to see a seven footer, which they did address. Um, but there is a real chance that uh, you know you put yourself into a pickle here with with the, the way you've stacked up your contracts. But you know, at the same time, like I, I do think that you know for for an organization like Toronto, like they're first off, they're you know just not a lot of free agents ever sign here. Um, and if they do, they're like Otto Porter, who uh, has played eight games on the season. So, like, you really need a situation where um, you got to correctly evaluate your talent and you have to be absolutely sure that you're letting go of players that um, have hit their peak or that they've hit their peak in value. Now, I, I did think that OG probably hit his peak in value, but um, putting that aside, I, I did think that... Um, yeah, I mean, there is clearly talent in this group. They won 48 games last year. And it was interesting listening to Masai's press conference because he kept talking about how, you know, they just they just need to be a little bit more unselfish. They got to be a little bit more unselfish. And that to me sounds like he believes that the talent is there, but they're not playing well enough together, which is definitely one of those impressions that you see when you watch the Raptors. Like, there is a lot of, like, not... There are moments of selfishness, um, and I think Masai actually named all of the players in this. He he didn't point out one guy, although it would, be, would have been very interesting if he did point out one guy. But, um, And I do think that, okay, if you correct some of those things, play more like a team, play up to your potential, um, you know, maybe we wouldn't have been, a, you know, that upset. I mean, like, even if you think about coming into the last um, offseason, right, the Raptors win 48 games. Things look very promising. They have a rookie of the year. They have an all-NBA player. They have an all-star at that time in Fred. Um, they have OG, who was coming off a bit of an injury-shortened um, season. Um, and they have Precious as well. And you're like, wow, we're on 48 games. We, we look pretty good. Now, the one aspect we need is the center. So maybe we address that. Like, they ultimately didn't add Pirtle in the offseason, which, I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I find it hard to believe San Antonio would have turned down a first-round pick in two seconds um, in, the, in the summer as well. But still... If they had made this trade in the summertime, it would have made perfect sense. It was like, oh, well, the Raptors have now added to the rotation. They've addressed a big weakness. And now we continue to build on that 48-win season. The issue is when you buy midseason and you're four games under 500, it just looks like you're trying to make a push for the uh, the play-in, which is not necessarily all that exciting. But I think in the grander scheme, the, the front office wants to show some patience on this front just to be sure, absolutely, that this core doesn't work. Um, because I think they also have a pretty high confidence that this core can work, that they're just underperforming to the state. So I also thought it was interesting about the comments about selfishness and individualistic tendencies with this team, but you touched on that enough, I guess, with looking forward. And now this team is going to hit the court tonight and have this new iteration with Jakob Pertl and this push looking forward. So if we are going to flip the script a little bit now, like this is, this is all that's been done. We have to move forward. How does this team balance now trying to develop, which is what Masai also commented last night. Okay, you got to play your bench players a little bit more. I would like to see uh, Malachi Flynn and Delano Banton get more time, but also now you're going to make a push with a new guy and your your starting roster is kind of full. So is that now part two of this issue is you are going to try to ride these guys to whatever source of victory you think is attainable, but also made an actively, a comment yesterday actively saying that your coach might need to play your your bench guys more like do you see the issue in that as well yeah for sure no I, I totally get it i mean i think that the you know it i mean if you put if you put nick nurse under there i mean i wouldn't say you have to give him a true serum to have him tell you that um you know malachi and delano don't necessarily consistently play um to the standard that i think he wants them to um so it, it you know there is definitely a bit of a uh, 
I don't even say it's friction, but it does feel like there's opposite forces, right? Like if the, if the imperative is to to win at all costs, and and clearly that's the way Nick tries to manage his team. Like you know, he places guys heavy minutes in in you know pursuit of that goal. Like you're probably not going to develop some of these other pieces. And to be fair, like some of these other pieces got to be more consistent, right? Like I mean, I keep going back to like one of the like you can't you can't get in a more low leverage game than second quarter against the Houston Rockets, who have like lost a million games this season and you come in for two minutes and you give up two transition layups give up two fouls including one before the whistle so that's an extra free throw and you have a live ball turnover going the other way for a layup that's that's what happened when Delano checked into the game last time against Houston so like of course Masai's probably not going to be like all right you got to develop him it's like well you got to like you know manage the game as it comes so these guys got to take their chances a little bit better but I think ultimately the interesting thing with this new lineup now with Yagaproto added mm-hmm. is like, okay, so who's going to start with this group, exactly. right? Because now you have six starters, potentially seven. I thought Precious was really making a case. Well, Precious is definitely not going to start now that Jakob is here. Um, I think your center position is definitely stronger. Like you will see tonight against Utah. Um, you know, I think Jakob should be playing. Like they literally said he had breakfast at the practice facility last night. Um, so it's like, okay, well, I mean, if he's already basically made himself at home, then, you know, I hope you play on Friday. So you'll see, I mean, like last time the Raptors played Utah, which was like only last week, um, you know, their center who was a rookie average, uh, he had 17 points, like 13 rebounds and seven blocks. So can you, you know, prevent that from happening in the first place and, and, and flip the game on its head? Obviously Utah's made a whole bunch of trades since then. Um, so they might just be weaker just based off that alone, but. Um. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who starts. It'll be interesting to see how that is managed. I think Nick is going to have to make a hard decision there in terms of sending one of their guys to the bench. Um, I think there's a case to be made. I mean, it's most likely going to be Gary, if I had to guess. But that does, you know, limit the amount of shooting you have on the floor with you at the start of games. And, um, you know, again, I think Masai has really put a lot of pressure on the team, you know. But at the same time, that's professional sports. Like, the pressure is always the same to, like, you know, just deliver results and win. And, as long as you do that, you're you're not too worried. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's another thing for Nick to figure out. But he does have more tools at his disposal, and and hopefully, I think more than anything else, the defense improves. Like, it's just the Raptors should not be this bad defensively. Like, for them to be in the bottom ten in defense on the personnel that they have on paper, it just makes absolutely zero sense. Now, you add a center to that group. Hopefully, you've changed that. But also, also maybe you change your schemes just a little bit to be, um, you know, maybe twenty percent less aggressive on the perimeter, keep the ball in front. And now that you have a shot blocking center in the middle, um, you know, you can actually erase a mistake here or there. I, I do think there is some merit to the perceived selfishness being organizationally made, right? Like I, I think the situation that everyone was put in where it's just like, yeah, we, there might have to be change. It just seems like this has hovered over the team for so long. And yeah, I think if you're in that situation, maybe you do play for yourself for a little bit, but now that everyone's survived the plane crash here, emerged from the wreckage, like, can this team be liberate and bolstered with Yakupertal? Can this team be liberated now? Can they play like a team now? Can they make something of the rest of the season because they kind of know what their future is? I mean, that's the hope, right? There's definitely a sense of clarity after the trade deadline. Like, you're here, all right? Whether or not you um, have these other goals and stuff like that, you know, that, that's normal. I think that's the same for anybody um, in any workplace. But, like... You're here. You're on this project until, you know, at least April, if not more, and hopefully more. Then, yeah, just, like, commit to it. Like, 
buy-in. I think it's not even necessarily like the team plays that unselfish in the sense that like they never pass each other or anything like that, but it's just the small plays not made, right? Like, do you think about Masai being on this this road trip and he's watching, you know, the product on the court um, and, you know, you, you see like, you know, Gary Trent not passing in transition, um, you know, to Pascal in, in a game where the Raptors lose by one possession and he, he twice did not pass to Pascal in transition. And it's like, man, you, you give me two more possessions, we have one more win, right? And when we're really clearly playing for every single win here. Or it's like, you know, on Pascal's side, it'll be like, well, you're playing Utah, and there's like four or five plays in a row where you don't really rotate at the rim or you don't really help out or you're in foul trouble. Or in the case of Memphis, he was literally um, fouled, out, uh, fouled out of that game. So it's like, you know, can you be there defensively for your teammates? I think there's all sorts of ways that unselfishness really, like, will manifest itself and, and improve the team. But, um, yeah, I think that now that everyone's here, you have nothing else to really worry about. I understand that the trade deadline was uh, a huge source of, like, just paranoia for them as well. And as it would be, there's a lot of players in trade deadline talk that usually aren't. Um, but, yeah, you have that clarity now, and you just got to make that push. And even though it's not ideal that the Raptors are four games under, I think that the schedule is quite soft here and the and the, honestly, the next two weeks, like you could really see the Raptors making a push. And yeah, whether that was the right move or not, whether they should have tanked or not, I think that's a debate that we can definitely have. I think they were close enough to the bottom of the standings where, you know, you might have taken an opportunity, but clearly they've chosen to go the other way. And if that's the choice, then you really got to make the best of it and, and actually start to win. All right. Well, the last one quickly, just for you, team that you loved the most at yesterday's trade deadline. I mean, it's got to be Phoenix. Come on, man. I mean, the, the owner just came in for mm-hmm. one day and got Kevin Durant. You know how jealous I am? Like, yes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to be living in Phoenix covering that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable, man. And 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 you you do also hear, again, going back to the, the, the long day, you listen to Zach Lowe and some of that. Yeah, but that Zach's KD stuff this morning, too? What did you think of oh, that? Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, I... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's just is a hard one to hear. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just like, oh yeah, you know who Katie really liked, Pascal. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, we could have made that happen. Then. <laughs> it wasn't about Katie coming to the Raptors; it was about the Raptors going to KD. Apparently. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, 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 I thought you guys did a great job covering it yesterday, even though you didn't get the you. the big fish you wanted. But looking forward to hearing you. Yeah, Yaka Purtle. You That's guys right. didn't even ask me how, how good Yaka Pertl is. We know he's going to change the whole dynamic <laughs> We saw the, we saw the first half. Yeah, yeah we watched your first half. We know, we know. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks so much, Will. Appreciate it. Um, looking forward to listening today. And then, you know what? It's a new era of the Raptors. Let's go get some wins, eh? Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Talk to you soon. It's Will Lou, host of the Raptors show, and always with the Raptors reaction after the games. He did a great job covering that yesterday. They uh, really grinded it out. You know, it's got to be tough to be reacting, watching every other team make a move and be like, well, there's still time. And not like (laughs) cursing on live air while the the countdown's on. And they're literally counting it down on uh, ESPN and it's just not happening. Anyway, uh, let's shoehorn in our final pick aside before the break and before we do our prop bet bonanza around the horn with all of our friends. I'm flipping the coin. Heads belongs to the guys behind the glass who have already won this competition and they will pick the Super Bowl, because it is heads. All right. 33 to 27 is the score as you enter the airwaves. And I think we should just say winner takes all. <laughs> oh, okay. No, oh, no pressure, guys. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. Why not? <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, we've got a pretty hefty lead. You're scared. No, I'm not scared. 
I'm no, you guys go for your pick, and then we'll let you know if winter takes all on so Monday just, morning. We just pick him a winner, like we uh, pick your uh, yeah, final uh, pick aside. Eagles one and a half. Eagles, Eagles one, one and, and a half. half. That's it. So, I I I just I feel like the theme for us is just to go against Justin okay. and everything. So we're gonna actually take the Chiefs. Okay. Why? What? What? You know, I'm on the Eagles. I, well, I, I just assume have, I based on been, conversations I've throughout the week. the drama a little bit. Yeah. 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 I, so. yeah. Okay. A little well, scouting report on our end. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think this perfectly, like, sums up what this competition has been. You guys have been attacking me and Ailish and I not really agreeing on lots. Because and you know what? I'm Chiefs plus because, one and a half, too. Because so you're on the sucks. Chiefs as well. We're and a well-oiled machine back I here, think though. the Eagles are absolutely going to smash them. That's just what I believe. It's in my bones. It's in my heart. That's what I think is going to happen. So you three can have your Chiefs. We'll have the Eagles. Ailish, you got to be on my team. Yeah, yeah, I got the Eagles with you, Justin, unless. Because it's, you know, winner take all and everything. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, best of luck. Thanks, Josh. 33 27 is our score going into this weekend. And the only way to redeem ourselves is if winner takes all. Um, So, what's going to happen after the break is we're doing our Super Bowl prop bet extravaganza call in slash walk in to the studio. We have um, six guests maybe five six i didn't count them but enough guests and um (laughs) we'll be having them join us on the phone and in person give us our best pick prop bet whatever for sunday and then we'll write all those out and we can share them with the mega parlay by the end of it Oh, triple quadruple what's seven septuplet Septuplet? Not even comfortable hazarding a guest. Hey, whatever. Um, that's all coming up next. And then we'll do a uh, pick aside. Um, no, we'll do um, our final anchor picks for Friday. We got Maple Leafs and Raptors in action tonight. So send that in at 59590. And if you have any thoughts on the Super Bowl, you want to play the prop bets, send that in too. All right. That's next on the other side of the break. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. All right, this is it. Before we come back on Monday, rich, full of Super Bowl winnings, we hope. Uh, we have scoured the 590 and 680 and yes. City News and what other stations do we have here? Just the most trusted individuals were chosen here. You missed the shopping channel. It, yep, TSC has come on in, and we have picked <laughs> only the brightest minds to help us with this next segment, which is our Super Bowl prop bet extravagance, a call-in slash walk-in. Also a bonanza. Bonanza. Um, we have our first guest, Simon Bennett, joining us in studio, and tell everybody who you are. Hi, uh, Sports and City News 680, and Marley's voice. PA oh, announcer. Oh, you've heard that voice before. Yeah, and Marley's PA announcer. Thanks for stopping by and saying hello when you had the game last week. Yeah, you know, sorry. Whatever. It was, uh, Joe could, Wall, by the way. Find you. Yeah, Joey Wall, we're excited. Oh, yeah. yeah he's a, Do we have time for a quick, quick scouting report on Joe Wall? Yeah, you know what? You have 25 seconds to sell us on Joe Wall. Ripped Go. it up before the All-Star game. Ripped it up at the All-Star game. It was the best goalie in the skills of the little bit that I watched. And uh, he's going to get some playing time on the big club, and he's going to be just fine. And, um, yeah, I don't know if he's going back down, depending on Matt Murray's ankle. Or other ailments that other yeah, yeah various him. other things that Ankle may be and etc. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we got three questions for you. Well, this is obviously we're going through the prop bets, but we got two other things we need you to touch on. So quick, we'll start with your 
favorite prop for the Super Bowl? So I so I used to run the Sportsnet uh, prop bets pool, and I have all the weird ones. Now I couldn't find anything on this one. How many times the broadcast will show Donna Kelsey? Oh, couldn't find that that's one. That's a good one, though. But BetMGM has orange at plus two fifty for the color of the Gatorade poured on the winning coach. Uh, some other places have are going with green or te- lime green yeah. as the same color. Uh, but over the last 20 years, orange has been used five times in the last 20 years. And wasn't it blue the last uh, couple years? I have no idea. Okay, because I remember was, more than I do. It was blue the last. <laughs> it was blue the last two years, which means it can't be blue again. Okay, okay. I've done my research, and that's why I'm also in on but orange the, too. Would it be the, green if the Eagles win, though? I mean, it could be right. But that's. I feel like that's not as. That's definitely not as common. No. And I wouldn't want to drink anything green unless it had like it was came out of a blender. Might have to be a mix of but listen blue to this. and yellow. When the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, it was orange. Ooh. The last two years it's been blue. Okay, so does that's, that change that's... anything? I'm just, just no, giving I'm still you the going information. With orange. All right, Even though orange. I think Philly's winning, I think I'm going with orange. Okay. Well, if one team's going orange, I mean, I, mean, wow. I just think that's a good pick. I love no, I and love the orange. Eagles I'm, might be I'm orange. On orange. They might be orange guys. Okay. Yeah. The second is. Uh, you're going to a Super Bowl party this weekend. What are you bringing as food? Oh, so maybe I'll go with the meatballs. Go, mm. The air fryer changed my life, everybody. Oh, same. I got one for Christmas. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> shout out my pampered chef neighbor, Amy, down the street, who's not fully listening. But anyway, uh, something in the air fryer, fries, or I make a good strombolio that's hard to share, though. Wow. Okay. This is off you the board. Can, you can yeah. definitely come to my party. Last one, and this is yes or no. No rationale. Trust in Maasai, yes or no? Oh, yes, but. Uh, no buts no allowed. Buts. I mean, track record, right? <laughs> Although we're all kind of still scratching our heads over yesterday, but uh, mm-hmm. they're better now. I mean, they're gonna, they could move into the top six. I mean, the Nets are going to go, right? They are better now. Yes. Great. But for how long? For how long? Simon. Uh, in the summer, we'll talk. Okay, we'll get you back on. We'll have uh, lots of time. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Our first guest and is going with Orange Gatorade at plus 250. Thank go, you. Go Marlies. Thank you. Carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. We're up first here with Orange Gatorade plus 250, which was also going to be my selection if we're going through the Gatorade colors. Okay. Just I so thought you know. if that was your selection. I was like, you guys no. are sharing a brand. No, no we're not. Uh, next up, Jesse Rubinoff from Tim and Friends joins us. How's it going, Jesse? Uh, first of all, uh, very difficult to follow Simon Bennett. That's number one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, number tough. two, is there actually a green Gatorade? Because that seems yes. like the most uncommon color in the world. It for is Gatorade. called green slash lime, and they combine those as one option because it's technically just a variation of um, the amount of strength that you put in. Greens. Okay. Yeah. Justin's looking at me like he's never heard words before. That. that is research. <laughs> My goodness. Green and going? yellow I, I, yeah, is, is kind of, counts as one color, just so you know. I was really That's surprised that you had like facts behind that. You don't I was think like, I, okay. I put my effort in here? So yeah, green slash yellow is lime and that you can choose that as one option in most books. Okay, well I stand corrected then. <laughs> Unbelievable. What Good are you research. going with? <laughs> yes, best Super Bowl prop. Uh, I'm going with uh, Isaiah Pacheco, longest rush to be over 13 and a half yards. Two of the last three games, his longest rush has been over 30 yards. He's been cooking the last half of the year or so, runs hard. I like Pacheco. Give me that one. Longest rush, over 13 and a half. Okay. I like that. Are we writing it down here? Um, is it like just like a, a minus 110? Or, we'll find the odds. Don't worry about it. It's, uh, no, I think it's more than that. I think it's, uh, I'll, I'll no, we'll, find we'll it. We'll find it. We'll put you on the spot. Um, second question here while Justin takes a look. I got here. a minus 110 on it. Okay, minus 110, whatever. Um, okay, second question here is if you're going to Super Bowl party, what's the thing you're bringing this weekend? 
I am going to a Super Bowl party, and uh, funny enough, I don't think I'm going to bring anything but myself. I think they wow. have it all mapped out and ready to go. So uh, oh, good, I'm going to just uh, cheer my heart out. Yeah. What's the thing you're going for first at the buffet, though? No, that's a good question. I don't know. Pizza? Oh, but here's boring. here's the thing that's in, no here's the thing that's interesting. See a lot a lot of my friends were like, oh, what are we gonna have? We have like uh, what kind of food? Like Greek food or something? I was like, no. Obviously, you have pizza and wings mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl, right? Like, isn't that what everyone has to have for a Super Bowl party? Again, like, there is there are football foods and football foods are pizza and, and wings. Are they not? That's what we picked yesterday. You're right. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Boom. So, 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 yes. That sounds highbrow, Jesse. Uh, okay. Last one. This got well, got. This one has to be quick if I can spit the words out. Uh, Trust in Maasai, one word answer, yes or no? Yes. All right. All right. Hang it up now. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right. See you, Jesse. Pacheco. Over 13 and a half as his longest rush yard. Yes, okay. And now we've got David Amber on the line. David, thanks for joining us. Hey there. How are you today? Good. How are you guys doing? Oh, we are thriving. We're moments away from it being Super Bowl weekend for us. Uh, we got you here for your favorite prop bet for Sunday. What are you laying the big bucks on, David Amber? I like, I'm hedging a bet, but this is still a winning bet oh, in my I love opinion. <laughs> First touchdown scored. I'm going to take the two favorite targets, Travis Kelsey and A.J. Brown. And if either, I'm going to do both. And if either of them score the first touchdown, uh, you're going to win a lot of money because it's like plus 650, plus 750. So wow. they're the two favorite targets. Uh, you don't know who's going to win the coin toss. So that makes me a little more hesitant to just take one. So I'm going to take both. Favorite between the two. If you had to go with one, and, because we're putting together a parlay, if you had to Kelsey. choose one. Kelsey? Okay. Yeah, Kelsey. I just, he's the target and Mahomes. The Kelsey and, Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, assuming you're going to a Super Bowl or hosting a Super Bowl party this weekend, David, what's the one thing that you would either bring to or go to first on the buffet table? What's the dish you have to have at the Super Bowl? I'm hosting just a, a few old good friends, and uh, I'm going to have sort of the staples. Chili. I'm going to make a really good chili. It's something I can do. Uh, a buddy of mine's going to bring some some chicken wings. Mm. You guys have me now thinking I better get some pizza, too. Yes. I don't want to be undersold. And the last thing is I'm going to make a killer guac. And the secret to a killer guac, you got to have a little bit of cilantro, a little bit of jalapeno. gives it really gives mm. it that little pop. You put a little lime in there? Oh, of course. Of you want course. brown guac? Yeah, well, no, I'm just, I'm just, I was worried. I just wanted to make sure David knows what he's up to, so we're good. All right, David, appreciate it so much. Oh, wait, we forgot. Last one, yes or no question. Do you still have trust in Messiah Jury? Two words, 100%. 100%. Wow, it's a three for three success rate two, on Two the, words and a symbol? Yeah, whatever it counts. It's David. <laughs> he gets to do whatever he wants. All right, thanks, David. We'll talk to you soon, and best of luck with your bets this weekend. We're just popping around here to Carolyn Cameron joining us next. Carolyn, thank you for coming on the show this morning. It's been a while since we got to chat with you. And uh, the biggest question remains, is the Super Bowl best bet of the weekend for you? I was going to say, I do not believe that Amber makes his own guac or chili, but I'm very shocked. <laughs> you call him out for shot. that. Um, okay, so I was thinking, because I love prop bets, but I don't usually like the ones like um, coin flip mm-hmm. or even for anthem. And Chris Stapleton's doing the anthem, and I was doing research, and I thought maybe country singers go long. That's what Sam Cosentino was saying, mm-hmm. but apparently they go short. So I thought this is too risky. So I'm going with shortest TD of the game under one and a half yards. Nice. So this happened in each of the last seven Super Bowls. 
and the Eagles have the highest percentage of those this season. All right. See, so that feels safe. That feels safe to me. I see that so, happening. And, and if you want to parlay that with Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown, yeah, because it's probably win-win. going to be Jalen Hurts. I yeah, mean, he's the point. king of the uh, the short touchdown, the QB sneak. Uh, I'm assuming nice. you're going to a, a party this weekend, Carolyn. Uh, if yep. you are attending or you're hosting, the dish that you either have to bring or you have to provide for your guests. See, I'm big into pizza, but recently I've really liked the hybrid of pizza with wings. Oh. Whether it's Super Bowl or not. Super Bowl or not. So I'm going pizza and wings. Uh, pineapple on pizza, allowed or not no, allowed? No, no oh. sorry. Okay. I don't have a strong feeling of it. I just don't like it's it. It's just a no. That's fine. We accept yeah. that. Um, and final question for you. Yes or no answer. Do you still have trust in Masai Ujiri? Yes, I believe. It's, it's unanimous with wow. Masai so far. We have no skeptics. No yeah, skeptics on loves Masai. Thanks for great talk radio. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> uh, thanks, Carolyn. Appreciate it. Have fun this weekend, and I hope your bets win. Thank you. Me too. See ya. All right. So we have uh, shortest touchdown of the game. To be under one and a half yards, so just uh, it's gonna be a juicy parlay. I'll tell this, you, this this parlay is racking up the dough so far. We have had Simon Bennett, Jesse Rubinoff, David Amber, Carolyn Cameron, and best for last, JD Bunkus has entered the studio. How are you feeling this morning, JD? I'm tired uh, of life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to start with Masai? Stinks. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, I'll be doing plenty of Masai yeah, today. We I we won't get into here, that. Here's what my thoughts on that. <laughs> That'll be the whole nine o'clock hour uh, today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we know you're a betting guy. Correct. We're asking for your best prop bet for Sunday. My best prop bet for Sunday? Do you know how many prop bets I already have placed for Sunday? Yeah. What's your best? Do you have like but any? also send it to do us. Do you have like any What's idea? the prop bet on that? Um, I'm going to say yeah, you guess. have over, I'm going to set. no, I'm just going to tell you how much you have. You have 16 prop bets. Uh, I don't I'd, think I'll I have that the, many plays. Oh, I would have taken the over wow. on that. Well, I, I will have over 16 plays. Oh, oh, yeah. There's no question. Not yet, though. Okay. Not yet. No, because that's Eight. the thing. So many of them, they don't even get posted until yeah, like closer to the game. And then you have some, you know, I want the information, all right? I'm a sharp better. Yeah, that's true. I'm not some person you guys you read know, just, in the text line bucks, who just eh? throws in a bet and you're like, all right, we'll ride with oh, it's, it. It's uh, us to, up to us to pick out the sharps in the text yeah, line. Yeah, we try. Uh, and fail. My my biggest thing in this game is that I really believe in the Eagles defensive line and I'm not really sure about the Chiefs tackle Wiley. Mm. That's the unit in the NFL that had 15 more sacks than anybody else. And their total is set at two and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. It doesn't really make any sense to me. I know the Chiefs are, you know, they're Patrick Mahomes. They're Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. They get the ball out quick. They're like, evade, don't get sacked. Two and a half? Mm-hmm. The Eagle, Hassan Reddick? That's right. So, do you want one for the parlay, or do you no, want the just, long shot? I kind of want the long shot. The long well, shot. We're writing both down, but. We'll take the them. long shot is, an, is a defensive lineman to win Super Bowl MVP at plus 2,500. Wow. Like, it's an outrageously good price when you mm-hmm. consider, like, okay, so the running backs are, I think, plus 900. And you go, mm-hmm. okay, there's yeah. a game script where Miles Sanders scores two touchdowns. You think Isaiah Pacheco is going to win? Like there's, there's no, I don't think there's a chief that can win. That's not Patrick. Mahomes. Right. It, well, you know who could Chris Jones. That's right. The man with 17 sacks this year. The man who, who was the MVP Against of last that game? O-line, though, I don't who know. was the MVP of last game for the chiefs for the chiefs? Probably Chris Jones, yeah. probably Chris Jones. You're telling me that one time in 25 games between these two teams, 
Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, you know, Brandon Graham, mm -hmm. Chris Jones, one of those guys isn't going to be Super Bowl MVP. It's just like I don't understand the value of it. I think the Chiefs' offensive line is a little overrated. I think I might be picking the Chiefs today, <laughs> which is I am. Well, here's the, it's a this is a great Super Bowl because it's the better team against the best player. Yep, which is so fun. That's why it's like a pick 'em line, and I've gone back no, and forth so on this a million fun. times. So I like the I like the Eagles' defensive line okay. or Chris Jones, one of those two, to be able to get Super Bowl MVP at those odds. It's always it's usually a quarterback, but this happens. Like defensive players win this award, and I I could easily see it being one of those guys racking up some big sacks. So yeah, my parlay play is Eagles over two and a half okay, sacks. Perfect. I'm probably a moron because I think I'm sharing a brain with you, but I didn't bet that. I bet every single lineman except I wish you Son ended Reddick. that sentence. At, I, I think I'm a moron because I share a brain with you. Because <laughs> there's, there's, a, bunch, there's a bunch of plus money. There's a, I think there was 285 on Brandon Graham. I just went across the board and said yes oh, to all okay, of them. Okay, hoping I see that, what you're Hoping uh, that like three or four, not three or four, hoping that two or three of them record a sack and then I'm way in the plus money. Okay, I, I thought what you were saying is you made a bet that is literally contingent on everyone getting a sack. But no, no, no. On Reddick. No, 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 I, no, no. You can flush that. Well, I've, I've been hearing things about him chasing Travis Kelsey around, which I don't think is the smartest thing in the world. No, but they're going to line him up against Wiley a bunch, and they're going to send him. They're going to send mm -hmm. all those fellows. He was like minus two hundred to get a sack, so I just yeah. laid off. That but one. that's what I don't get. How is he minus two hundred to get a sack? So they're saying Hassan Reddick's basically a guarantee to get you at least one sack. So now I need. Two sacks from the rest of the boys? Mm -hmm. Two sacks from the rest of the fellas to hit this on the parlay? What are the other parlay bets? Um, we got to get you out of here in a minute. Um, Pacheco, well, longest you rush. You got to get me out of here in a well, minute. Well, we got to do a couple things before. You got five Kelsey, minutes. Kelsey, yes. first TD, shortest touchdown, scored under one and a half. Pacheco, longest rushing attempt, over 13 and a half. Orange for the Gatorade. Yes. And orange for the Gatorade. Yep. Yeah. Whose was orange? Simon, Simon Bennett. Bennett. He knows. It's orange. Should have pulled up a little data <laughs> on that one. Yeah. Um, what was the data? It might be the reason why. Uh, the last what is two it? games have been blue. All... Last time the Chiefs won, it was orange, and orange is one of the highest um, Did he say 40%? usage rate, rate. Yep. Something like that. But it's been blue last year. It's not blue. How do you feel about the the anthem? And Chiefs were orange last time. Over. It's Chris Stapleton. The guy's oh, got the, pipes. She's the Stapleton sharp. So. I feel like everybody always says that. No. They go like over with the singer. That could because... be my best pick. <laughs> Over. Your best okay, I last two Chris questions Stapleton. for you. What's yeah. the food that you're bringing to a Super Bowl party, or if you're not bringing one, what's the first thing you need to eat? Um, I I always bring something, mm -hmm. but unfortunately, you know, I I'm not a a chef. Chef, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so you're gonna I, buy I feel, something and bring. That's yeah, fine. I that's feel acceptable. deep shame because I am definitely the guy that goes to the grocery store and buys like the mozzarella sticks in a box. Like that's that, tough, yeah. Like I, I know, I know. I, I'm the pizza. Does, what do we want? Pizza rolls? Like it's never good. You always like my friend James. He's the guy. He's just the one who cooks everything up. Mm -hmm. My friend John, same thing. He makes these panko crusted chicken fingers that I'm like that every single amazing. Super Bowl. They're I, 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 like I stuff myself. I gorge. I never contribute this way. I'm usually hey, do we need things to fill in the edges with? The store-bought stuff. So what is that, that for you? You do trend. need a fill-in guy. Yeah, but you know what, though? Usually, like a veggie tray? No, but late. No, never okay. a veggie tray. Come on. No, that's... I love veggie that's, trays. Yeah, veggie tray. What are you talking about? That's like a refresh of the palate thing, you know? It like, is. You sometimes need that. Okay. You just need celery. What's, what are you bringing? Probably desserts. Okay, that's great. And then... <laughs> Let him Masai takes on his show. Yeah, okay, get out. 
That, that's it. Yeah, that's it. we have stuff to do still. We All got right. user. We got user. Uh, Five minutes till you get to hear from JD Bunkus and his answers on the Messiah okay, question. Quickly, okay, quickly, my prop bet. Yes, thank you. I've heard smart people crap on Kenneth Gainwell. I will not. <laughs> I may not be smart, but I'm not crapping on Kenneth Gainwell. Okay. Over 50 yards is plus 1025 on the ground for Kenneth Gainwell. I trust this guy. That's I tr- outrageous. I, I love trust it. the game script for the Eagles to be running and trying to kill the clock with their. Uh, three-headed monster mm-hmm. at tailback. I think Gainwell's one of the more trusted guys. He's went way over the number. He's second-leading rusher in the playoffs right now, and over 50 yards is 10-25. I love it. Kenneth Gainwell Knight is a big profitable opportunity. Okay, I'm going Kelsey over 78.5 receiving yards. It's the Kelsey, Kelsey Bowl. It's going to be Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. If the Chiefs want to win... And even if they aren't winning, it's going to be the ball to Kelsey. Receiving yards, I also like his receptions over six and a half. So I'm just going to put in the receiving yards as my option for the prop bet. But big Kelsey night. My wake and rake selection. The Toronto Maple Leafs are back in action. They are in Columbus over six and a half. Sloppy affair. Maybe Columbus pots a few. You know the Leafs are scoring on Columbus. So I like a big offensive night in the Leafs' return to the ice. We'll take the over six and a half. I believe that's minus 120 right now. I'm taking Leafs to win in regulation, which is minus 150. Oh, I don't know if we can. Oh, no, we can. Sorry. You can do whatever you want. I was thinking puck line. Um, Leafs in regulation would be my pick. You're picking the over six and a half, and we're going to quickly go through the anchor submissions, and we have about three minutes, so read fast. Um, Juliana Hall of Famer um, rebounds against Embiid is only at 10 and a half, but she's going to go for it. And then um, Super Bowl bet, best bet, Kelsey, anytime touchdown. Uh, that's from Ron and Juliana, and he likes Utah Jazz to cover eight and a half. Ooh. Neil's got a tennis pick, Tiafo minus two and a half games over J.J. Wolf. It is a good name, but we're going Tiafo. Um, Julius Randle over 10 and a half rebounds. That's from Corey and Port Hope. Hall of Famer. And we got a biathlon world <laughs> championship This is the best pick I've ever heard pick. of. It starts at 8.30, so we're already too late. But Herman Wick, if it hasn't started yet, plus 400 from Jeremy from Meaford. That is an incredible pick. And the last one, Dylan Brooks under. That's from Gary and Caledon. He's still beating that drum. But he likes Kenneth Gainwell TD. It's usually me versus Gary from Caledon. Mm. Today, we're sharing a break. I think we got to do Randall over rebounds. There's Let's do it. three picks for that. Let's put it Famer. in there. He's our Hall of Famer. Sometimes when you're short on time, you just go with your gut. And that's our buddy. Julius Randall. I'm putting it all together right now. Player rebounds, click, boom, Randall over 10 and a half, which is the lowest I've seen in a long time. Our parlay is over six and a half goals in the Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets in their return. And I'm picking the Maple Leafs just to win in regulation tonight. And Julius Randall over rebounds all together. We're at plus. 450, not the most profitable, but that's why we give you 100 Super Bowl prop bets for this weekend. Uh, I intended to parlay all those prop bets. Of course, you can't do that. I should have known better. Uh, there are some juicy, juicy plays, though. So uh, maybe we'll, I'll tweet out all the yeah, picks that we got for list. today. Uh, maybe we'll do that on Super Bowl Sunday so you can take your pick and maybe parlay what you can. But of course, uh, you know, that would have been just a. An unreasonable number based on some of the selections that we got. Josh likes combined jersey numbers of all touchdown scores to be over 160 yards. Uh, 60, not yards. 160. Ooh. That's, I See, some of these are like... I can't some, do the math some of my those brain. on your prop sheet, which we should, yes. which we should pump, pump one more time. One more time. Some of them you really have to use your brain, and uh, that means I have to, you know, be in a quiet place and no distractions, and make sure that I'm using said brain. Okay, guys, it's been a great week. We're super excited uh, for this weekend. Oh, D also has Mahomes over twenty five and a half completion, so that's their prop bets to add to our list. Okay, sweet. Um, 
Two Maple Leafs games back-to-back starting tonight, 7 p.m. and 7 p.m. tomorrow. Got Utah Jazz here against the new iteration of the Toronto Raptors at 7.30. And the Raptors do play at 3 o'clock before the Super Bowl, so you can just sit yourself on the couch starting at noon, watch that puppy ball, watch the Detroit Pistons here against the Raptors. And then, of course, the Super Bowl, Chiefs-Eagles, 6.30 p.m. Get your prop sheets in. Can't wait to break it all down Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Fan Morning Show.